Thank you for joining us once again on WQPH's Local Matters. On this week's special broadcast, our host is our own Talk Catholics, Tim Kilcoyne, and he is interviewing Father Larry Carney about a very special topic that we think you'll find very valuable. Without further ado, Talk Catholics, Tim Kilcoyne and Father Larry Carney. This is Tim Kilcoyne of Talk Catholic, and I have a very interesting interview to offer for this particular show. Before I start, I think I should preface by giving us a little tutorial on sacramentals, because that's what we're going to be talking about, the specific sacramentals called the Holy Face of Jesus. And we should be mindful of exactly what all these sacramentals signify. I read directly from the Catechism. Holy Mother Church has instituted sacramentals. They are sacred signs which bear a resemblance to the sacraments. They signify effects, particularly of a spiritual nature, which are obtained through the intercession of the Church. By them, men are disposed to receive the chief effect of the sacraments, and various occasions in life are rendered holy. Sacramentals derive from the baptismal priesthood, Every baptized person is called to be a blessing and to bless. And then from another excellent book called The Catholicism Answer Book, 300 Most Frequently Asked Questions, Father John Trujillo of EWTN fame is giving a little bit of an explanation on the wearing of religious medals. A Catholic does not wear a medal for luck. Rather, they wear a medal to remind themselves either of a saint that the medal represents, or of Jesus and his mother Mary. Many religions have external signs of devotions that believers wear. For example, Jewish and Muslim men wear skull caps. Muslim women veil themselves in public. Catholics wear medals, crucifixes, and scapulars. Often this sacramental is placed under one's clothing, but can be worn externally as well. And in the following interview, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about a particular external sacramental called the Holy Face of Jesus that has the tradition behind it, uh, probably obscured for most of us. And the priest, Father Larry Carney, knows all about it, who has written a book, The Holy Face of Jesus, The Devotion That Will Change the World. Let us begin. I have uh, the honor and privilege to be talking to Father Larry Carney of The Holy Face Devotion, who has just written a book Indeed. Maybe that would be a good start, Father, to uh, give us just a little assessment of the Holy Face devotion for our times and how you got started personally as a priest with this devotion, ever apropos to the critical times in which we live, I have no doubt. Yeah, give us a little bio intro, if you could. Sure. Yeah, Tim. So I was born in 1975, and I became a priest in 2007, and I was a pastor for four years. And then I became the chaplain of the Benedict of the Mary, Queen of the Apostles, for the last 10 years. Okay. And that's where I discovered this devotion, because I was going to write an article, and I asked the iris, she's second in charge of the Abbey, what should I write about? And she says, oh, Father, write about the holy face of Jesus. Nice. And so that was the first time I've ever heard of it. And then I have friends all over the state, and... Somebody sent me, one of my friends, a book related to this topic, and then another one came a few months later from another state, and then another one, you know, within a year. And I had all these sources. One of them is called The Golden Arrow, which is a book about the revelation of the Holy Faith devotion. So I read that with great zeal, and 
it just struck to my heart. And then I read the Holy Man of Tours, who was a propagator of this devotion. So the first one was revealed to a nun by Jesus in the 1840s. And the second guy, Venerable Leo Pont, he promoted it after she died. Okay. And then the last book I got was The Whole World Will Love Me, which is a biography of St. Therese of Lisieux and her love of the holy faith. And mm. I just couldn't believe when I read this book, the world did not know this devotion yet. Mm. So I, I was just struck with a fire to preach about it. Nice. I'm thinking of a good friend of mine that just departed, uh, Brother Alphonsus Maria, a slave of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and great devotion to the Holy Face. And he told me about a little trip that he made to the Vatican back in the late 1970s. He was kind of in pursuit of the Holy Face to see the original, and they didn't have it there. Uh, he was wondering if it had been stolen. Any, do you have any thoughts or any any knowledge of that? Oh, yeah. There's... A lot of people that say that okay i think that it's propaganda okay because in 1849 pope blessed the had the vow of veronica put out on display mm. for reparation for the masons who had killed his secretary of the state in cold blood wow. in 1849 and he exiled himself to get it because his life was in such great jeopardy okay and the critics that say that the Val Veronica is no longer there, said it was taken away about 350 years before this happened. Now, when he put it out, there was a miracle that happened. And the Val Veronica, you can't see the line of the face of Jesus because it's so old mm. and it's faded. But when they put this veil out for devotion, they put a thin piece of silk to cover it. And the liniments began to show up on this blank piece of silk. Mm. And then there was a light that was glowing from it. And some may say, okay, well, maybe a few people saw that. Well, no, mm. it's better. The notary of the Vatican came to see it because it was happening, this project, for three hours. Oh. And he certified it. Okay. And they rang the bells of the Vatican. Yeah. And all the Italians that wanted to see it came. And it was a talk of town for months. And the canons of St. Peter's actually included this history in the Vatican Day book, so it's official history. Wow. So to say that the vow is not there mm. would be saying that that was some other special cloth that did that. I see, I see. Is there a resemblance between this holy face uh, and that on the uh, Shroud of Turin? I haven't seen anybody superimpose those two images yet. Okay. Now. It's been done with the Vela Monopello, yeah. which is in Italy, yeah. and with the Shroud of Turin. And I've seen pictures of that, but not the Vela Veronica. Okay, okay. Now, how I think I recall seeing an interview with you where you were talking about your priestly ministry. How is this all incorporated now into exactly what you do as a priest? Well, that's a good question. So, I, I heard that you were walking around St. Paul-like. <laughs> yeah, I'm just walking around today. A walking ministry. Yeah. I love I love this. Go ahead. Yeah, I carry crucifix in my right hand. And it's a very beautiful one. Yeah. It's big. And then I pray the rosary in my other hand. Oh, I love and I wear a cassock. Yeah. And in the summer, I wear a topical cassock because it, it's cooler. Okay. I just 
pray the rosary and talk to people. For example, today, a young man by the name of Vladimir, yeah, 26 years old, he's just down on his life, and he drank like 23 cans of beer yesterday. Oh, boy. And I was just there to tell him, you got to pick God in your life instead of his booze. Yeah. And so he, he walked with me for a couple of miles, and we just prayed the rosary in Latin. I taught him how to pray that, and I gave him my number, and I, he lives right next to the cathedral, so wow. he said he, he's thinking about going to church. Awesome. we got to pray for this guy. Awesome, awesome. That's as good I as it gets. Go ahead. To help people like that, and if we just get a few people like that and they come to God, then they'll tell all their friends, and then it's over. It's going to be a city, <laughs> a holy city someday. Exactly. <laughs> Father, talk to us, especially those that are not Catholic, about sacramentals in general. What are they? How are they imbued with grace and power, etc.? Sure. So, by distinction, the sacraments were instituted by Jesus Christ to give grace. Mm. But the sacramentals were instituted by the church to give grace. You see, there's two different institutors. Yep. One is Christ, and one is basically the Holy Spirit through the church. Okay. So there's a lot of sacramentals. The Catholic, what a priest wears, yep. it's sacramental. The habit of what religious wear, sacramental rosary, chapel of the Holy Face, you can go on and on. Yep. There's all kinds. The medals on our neck. Right. And what is neat about the sacramentals is they're objects. We can hold them. We can wear them. Scapulars. Because we're human. We're not just angel spirits. We're yeah. not just pure spirits. We have a body. Um, and so these things help us to move into the spiritual world with being humans, with you know physical well-being we have. Mm. And so using these instruments actually give us grace, gives us help. And it helps us to be more in tune with the sacraments, right? the seven sacraments. So we say about the sacraments, outward signs that effect grace. How is that different from the sacramental? Well, the sacramental depends upon the devotion and the piety of the souls that are praying. Very good. So the sacraments, of course, they give grace no matter what. Mm. It depends on the recipient. So the priest who says mass, it doesn't matter what state his soul is in, as long as he says a valid mass, yes. he gives grace. Yes. But the sacramentals, like an exorcist who prays the sacramentals of exorcism over a possessed person, mm. it depends on the holiness of the priest. Okay. And it even says that in the rubrics that the bishop should pick priests that have been well experienced and have holiness. Okay. And does it depend on the cooperation of the recipient? Of course. Okay. For both. Okay. Oh. For both the sacraments and the sacramentals. Very good. I, I just astonished a a, a podiatrist the other day. <laughs> I had no I had no idea what his background was religiously, but he says, "I hope you're open to the supernatural and natural solutions to health." <laughs> because because I just I had this uh, good old I hate to say it over the air one of those nasty-looking fungal nails on my big toe. I proceeded to put blessed salt and Lourdes water on it for six months, about. 
and it's virtually completely gone. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> and uh, he just looked at me with that kind of scientific smile. <laughs> Not quite yeah. sure he was all in, but uh, I just told him, I said, yeah, but, you know, part of it is you have to believe, okay? That's part of the effect. These sacramentals don't really take effect unless you're in grace, correct? Correct. Depends on the recipient. Okay. It also depends on what God wants to do. Sometimes God wants to withhold healings or whatever because he knows that there's some virtues that will be strengthened if he does that. Because God is, his providence is for our advantage, not for our satisfaction, for advantage. Yeah. So that's the moral life. Okay. He wants us. So he'll pull, so he'll, he'll pull back a little bit to make us work a little harder. Yeah. Okay. Like someone I meet in the street. Yeah. That wants to come to God. They're going to, God's usually going to give them a lot of signal graces and healings and supernatural things. But once a soul needs to mature, he takes those away. And that's part of the interior life. And I'm working on a, on a book on the interior life that's attached to the devotion to the Holy faith. Okay. Okay. Tell us about your new book, how it got started, and, and what's the, uh, the nuts and bolts of it. Sure. So, Tam Publishers, they're my favorite publishers ever since I was a seminarian mm. 20 years ago. And I always thought it would be neat to write a book on the Holy Face, and Tam would be a great publisher. Yeah. So, I get an email from Tam, and they ask, would you like to write a book on the Holy Face? So... I went to my spiritual director and I told him that. He said, well, you're going to do it? I said, well, that's why I'm asking you for permission. Mm. He said, yeah, go for it. <laughs> so I wrote wrote it and submitted it to them. And it was published about a year ago. And they did a great job. They have a person called a publicist. Okay. Who promotes books that are written by new authors and also deceased authors. Okay. So she put me on to a lot of media where we did interviews mm. so we got the word out about this and now thanks to writing this book i have the grace to be asked to go around to different parishes around the nation to talk about this awesome. devotion and have you what have been some of the net effects well people are learning about it and you know romans 8 it says faith comes by hearing so when i get to speak to people in person mm. physically it, it's a big impact yeah and so people that are they're they're ready for this devotion. Once I speak, then they want to start a League of St. Martin group. Yep, speak to that. Yeah, which is a, I started the League of St. Martin, and one of the things we do is we focus on promoting the sacramentals of the rosary and the devotion to the Holy Faith. Okay. And one of the main things we do is we encourage people to pray once a month together with this devotion. Okay. And that's part of what the devotion asks for is that there's a monthly prayer meeting or chapter okay so that's what happens when i leave is people get fired up Mm. about starting a league of saint martin or they start any group that's devoted to the holy faith okay and what's neat is lots of times before i i have my talks they're usually in the evening yeah i pray the rosary i walk around the town walk around the parish and guess what our lady puts the holy spirit for all kinds of inspiration in me so i preach to that yeah, because it's particular to that group and their situation. It's really cool to see how the Holy Ghost is working, and then the people get really fired up because it's not like something I read from script. It's yeah. something that was meant for them. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I there was a particular priest. He's a Franciscan. And I, he's on the elderly side at this point. But you know, I, I was urging him. I said, Father, why don't we just go out downtown and have dinner at, at as many restaurants as we can and. <laughs> <laughs> and you, all you have to do is wear your garb, and we might convert this whole place. <laughs> right. That's what it's all about. So I find it just fascinating. I have the book somewhere about Catholic street evangelization. Have you been privy to that particular book or anything like it? Because this, this is like as elementary as the first apostles, and yet so far removed from our consciousness as Catholics. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, I mean, we have such an advantage because if we wear the habit or the Catholic now, yeah. compared to hundreds of years ago, we got people in automobiles, you know, they're seeing us like, yeah. more than ever in, in history. Yeah. They can see us in our Catholics and habits. So, and that does something to people because it's a sacramental. It's, exactly. it's by the church to give grace it, it gives people grace so exactly i've written a book called walking the road to god and it's uh, my publisher would write this book and i said what should i write about mm. said, just write the stories down that's all it is it's a bunch of stories yeah 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 <laughs> it's it's great it, it was easy it's just rudimentary okay. it's like tell people how do you do it okay you put one foot in front of the other <laughs> you get a rosary <laughs> You you wear your cassock or you wear a habit. Yeah. Or you put on something that's Catholic that's approved by the bishop. Yeah. And then you just walk around. <laughs> and when people come to you, you talk to them. Oh, this that's is it. This is fabulous. This is, you know, I'd like to say revolutionary, but not, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the opposite it, of revolution. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Mike, I, I wear a little Eucharistic pendant. I bought about. 1500 of these and I pass them out very generously uh, at the supermarket <laughs> checkout line or whatever I, I mean rarely rarely have I ever had anything negative come my way they're always fascinated and uh, they'll say what is that and I say well that's that's our Lord uh, in the monstrance that's what that's called and if you'd like to meet them live I then send them to the address of a, a perpetual adoration chapel <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'll hand this out to the homeless or whatever. You know, so do you want God to change your life? Well, all right, to take this and then go here. At twenty four seven, he's he's waiting for you. Uh, but it's been a tremendous little boost to my day because it's so easy to do. You know, in the little mundane situations that you find yourself. I was in a, a big uh, hardware type store that you know we won't say the name of, but the guy immediately just opened up his whole life to me when he saw the, the little Eucharistic pendant. How, Father, which kind of leads us a little bit in the direction of getting some of your comments on the current spiritual climate, and we know, you and I know anyway, that the invisibility of the garb uh, really took place decades ago. Um, you know, this is post-Vatican II stuff, where they chucked the cassock or the sisters uh, abandoned the habit etc did it simply lead to an anonymous christianity not to be too heavy but uh, my, that's my personal opinion is that we really lost something very special well yeah the two main reasons why jesus christ left the church was to give god right worship yeah. and to save souls okay so the cassock i've been wearing it every day for 13 years okay 
and it does things to people. Yeah. They see it, and when they see me, they know that I'm a priest, or they'll find out if they ask. <laughs> That's and then for sure. I can act as a priest to them because they'll ask for something that a priest can give them. Right. And if people are religious, wear the habit, mm. then they can act in their state of life too, which is to pray for uh, people or to answer questions to apologetics to defend the faith or whatever exactly. necessary. Exactly. We need to have these interactions because this world is just a test to see if we're going to get to heaven or to hell. Right. And the Catholic Church is there to bring people into heaven. And as so we need to be visible, exactly. not invisible. And it uh, lifts you up to be a better evangelist when you have these experiences, correct? Yeah. Uh, Fantastic. Reminds me of who I am. Right. Reminds me, hey, I'm a priest. Right. I need to act like a priest. Right, which you should be darn proud of, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that kind of pride. Uh, 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 Yeah, every day that goes by, every day, I love being a priest more and more. Awesome. Awesome. It's so sublime. Yeah, isn't it a shame? John Marie Vianney. Yeah. St. John Maria Vianney said, if people knew the value of a priest, they would cry not of sadness, but of joy. Yeah. They would just cry. Yeah. And they would, you know, it's just so much. Yeah. You know, this theology, maybe you can speak to it. How did they move in the direction of kind of a Protestant theology of anonymity? Well, as you may know, church is in the way of a lot of people that are power hungry. Okay. And it's no secret that the church has been infiltrated by some of these enemies. Yeah. In fact, St. Maximilian Colby was dealing with the Freemasons mm. when he was studying in Rome as a Franciscan. Yeah. And they were in the streets having parades against the Catholic Church. And this isn't the only group. There's also the communists. Yeah. There's other groups too, and they have infiltrated the church and are trying to store her from within. Yeah. And I've been told by officials in the Vatican Yeah that they don't want one pillar of the Roman Catholic Church to go untouched. They're going to try to destroy the whole thing. Wow. Wow. And so God is allowing this to happen because our human family, our world, our 7 billion people, yeah. we're just turning our back on God. And that's what this devotion to the Holy Faith is all about. Mm. The number one revelation that Jesus Christ gave to Sister Mary St. Peter in the 1840s is this. Jesus says, My father is greatly dissatisfied with the human race for two sins, blasphemy, and combination of Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. My father's not going to punish the human race so much with the element of the scourge of revolutionary men. Mm. Where the attack on the family is in full bore. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, that that whole movement. I'm speaking to it all the time on my show. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm deeply concerned about you know the synod on synodality and what its conclusions are going to be are frightening because it's just the people that are leading it, uh, you know, tend to be of exactly uh, the background that you're 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 referring. <laughs> you know that this this uh, meshing with the world and its you know global design, uh, the reset, the whole thing. Uh, is really uh, an attempt to completely water down, diminish, and destroy anything that is uh, essentially Catholic, you know, very much a characteristic of who we are as Catholic. And thus, uh, you know, the response has to be 
to be more Catholic, right? You know, to conserve those traditions that are distinctly Catholic and remind us of, may we call it a better time in the church when she was in her heyday. I just um, trying to remember, I was finishing up a book review on keeping the church Catholic with John Paul II by Monsignor George A. Kelly. And if you, you know, his rendition of the glory days of the church being, you know, let's say in the 1950s, uh, where everybody had the moral compass and uh, there was very little division and very little divorce and many other good uh, moral trends were in vogue. And then it all just kind of spiraled in that downward direction post-Vatican II. So not to go in too many different directions, but it it seems that this holy face devotion is reaching deep into the bucket, uh, that good spiritual bucket, to remind us of some of the traditions. I'm wondering, is it comparable to other traditions that virtually saw their extinction and, and, and then later their resurrection? Well, yeah, I mean, the Old Testament, God tells us mm. in Ezekiel 26, if you follow my commandments, I'm going to give you these blessings, and he lists them. And if you don't follow my commandments, then I'm going to let your enemies take you over. Mm. And that's where we have the captivity of the Israelites in Egypt, and then we have the Babylonian captivity. Yeah. So heaven is telling us, hey, this is going to happen to you again. Yeah. You don't start following my Ten Commandments. And it doesn't take a lot of good and holy, holy people to do that. It only takes a few. So this devotion reminds us if we can't get the first three commandments right, right. how can we get the other seven right? Exactly. The first three deal with God. Yeah. So if we have blasphemy and irreverence in the sanctuaries, yeah. and if we have if we don't worship God on Sunday, yeah. then it's over. I mean, we can't get the other seven right. There's put, no way. Put God first. Right. Uh, Father, now I think you're coming this way out to the uh, East Coast in August. Is that correct? You'll be in our neighborhood? On the East Coast? Yes. Up in the New England area? Yes. I'm going to be in Emmitsburg, Maryland this month and then in august i'll be in boston okay okay uh, do you have um already a, a couple of uh, engagements uh speaking engagements that yes in boston yeah i have two speaking engagements so far okay so we're working on getting that filled out okay okay uh, wqph is right at the forefront of uh trying to engage you no doubt I am uh, I am delighted that we've had this opportunity, and I wonder whether you could give us a little ending prayer, and you and I can pick it up for uh, another segment at some point, I pray. Sure. Let me give you a blessing. Thank you, Father. Sure. Benedictus in potentis, patris et fibi spiritus unshinit super vos et manias semper. Amen. Amen. God bless you in this unique work that you are doing. Truly, I hope and pray, as they would say in the internet world, it goes viral on the road uh, for sure. And uh, we'll be seeing you uh, come August. Thank you, Tim. God bless you. Thank you for listening to another edition of WQPH's Local Matters. We hope you enjoyed the broadcast and hope you have a blessed week.